Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi, recorded Wednesday evening, July 12, 2023. The song special for this evening's service is by Jonathan and Amber Carr and Derek and Ashley Sandridge singing Leave With Nothing Left. Tonight's sermon is preached by Pastor Dan Carr Sr. and is titled The Kind of Christians We Need. He's preaching it out of the text of Acts chapter 11 verses 19 to 26. We hope that tonight's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Could it be we're so heavenly minded that somehow we've been blinded to what he's calling us to do right here? Could it be that heaven's always planned it, that we leave here empty-handed when this life disappears? But is it really living if my one ambition is simply hanging on till we all get out of here? given and what I've learned from living I know exactly what I need to do so I pray that God would give me chances to show how great his grace is by living out this truth if somehow I could choose it I'd be the one God uses to make a difference in what forever means to you. Yeah. Hey.
stay okay they stay with us brother Yeoman we're going to keep the other part okay I'll send the letter to brother Gray let him know okay that was great wasn't it the, could y'all tell the difference between the two sisters there the two twins okay I say Amherst twin all right you have your Bibles tonight the book of Acts the book of Acts chapter 11 we're going to uh give a very familiar theme before we go to Acts 11 I want to make this statement we're in the 21st century somewhere I either read this saw this uh, this is not original but it's been I don't know a year or two ago I like I like a lot of things about the 21st century okay I like the idea we have AC can I get some help there I like I do I like AC thank the Lord for it I like I like the, the idea that I did not ride a horse tonight I drove by a truck I like that okay I like the idea we have a building to meet in that's AC with lights I flew yesterday morning to Dallas, preached there last night, flew back this morning. You couldn't have done that, you know, many years ago. And I like that I didn't have to drive a car there and drive all night. I mean, you can do those things now. I appreciate we have a PA system. I like it, uh, especially when it works and the guys are all tuned in. It makes it lovely, okay? And uh, they're doing good so far. And uh, just so much of that, okay? This is the 21st century, and I realize uh, the technology is just, just expanding. And, and I thank the Lord for the live stream. I'm not a super-duper fan of it. But I do thank the Lord for it for many shut-ins and people who are not able to attend church. I thank the Lord for that. Can I get a witness? And those that should, are able to come are to come. And, but I don't want to, I don't want a, I want a first century church in the 21st century. Do you get, you get that? I want a first century church, a book of Acts church in the 21st century. And we're so far from that. If, we, if you really saw it, it would scare you. You do realize, you know, Brother Pat mentioned last Sunday night, I wonder how many of we said, you know, we're going to sell our houses, give everything we got, and split it up among us. That's what they did in the book of Acts. You're not out of cult. Don't, don't get scared. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But I'm saying they did do that. And it was like they didn't think nothing about it. And we think that we're really super Christians and we almost arrived and we're almost there. You haven't been reading the book of Acts lately. You read the book of Acts, and I, I want a, I want a, uh, you know, a first century church in the 21st century. I'm not wanting to get rid of the AC. 
We don't have to get rid of the carpet or the pews or, or you know, or, or the, uh, the PA system or sell our, our vehicles and, and start riding horses to church. But boy, we need what they had today. Is that fair to say it that way? But we need what I find in the book of Acts in the 21st century. If you're able to, why don't we stand tonight? We're in Acts chapter 11. That won't quite go with the message, but it, it, it will. Uh, look at Acts 11, and we're just going to jump to the text, verse 26. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. This is Barnabas bringing Saul. Uh, in, uh, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled uh, themselves with the church and taught much people. He said, well, they only assembled with the church for a year, preacher. And what did they do after that? They went and started churches. So, you know, if you want to get out of assembling, you want to go start churches. All right, that's what they did, okay? And now uh, watch this, a very familiar verse. In the disciples... We're called what? Christians. First, we're at? In Antioch. Okay? I think I'll just give you the other two verses. We won't, we'll save a little time here. The word Christian is only mentioned three times in the Bible. One time it's mentioned here in the verse that I uh, just read. The other time it's mentioned, it is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. It talks about if any man suffer as a Christian... And the other time it's used when King Agrippa heard Paul preach and he said, Almost thou persuadest me to be what? To be a Christian. Our Father, we love you tonight. I pray you'd help us. God, we're a needy people, and Lord, we sure do love you, and we thank you for loving us, and I pray now these uh, next few minutes that you would help us, and, and God, that you would uh, meet with us, and Father, we'll thank you for it. We love you. In Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. We understand that in Acts chapter 11, this was not... Uh, what they called themselves. They did not, uh, the, those that were saved, the disciples did not uh, come up with the term Christian. This is what others uh, called them. Uh, they were first called Christians at Antioch. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Now, there's a lot of difference there, and I'm, I'm not trying to play on words or cause any, any kind of confusion. You know, there, there's a lot of saved people that are not Christians. There, there's a difference, what I'm talking about tonight, okay? And a lot of, lot of people, they're saved, and they die, they're going to go to heaven, okay? And uh, we have a lot of that, but, but how about being a Christian? And, and what, what would that look like? You know, so it would look like Christ. I would agree with that statement. You know, what, what, would a, what would a Christian look like? What would a first century Christian look like? If you could, you know, just zap them there and zap them here tonight, what, what would that look like? What, you know, I'm sure they would be amazed. You know, what is that? Like, well, I, you know, they'd be all amazed about, you know, everything they would see. But I'm talking about the, the Christian life that they lived. I'm talking about the technical things, the vehicles, the lights, and stuff that we have. But, 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 but what was it about these Christians? What, uh, what did we find about these New Testament Christians? So with that thought, I want to preach on the kind of Christians we need. The kind of Christians. The kind of Christians that 
we need. I give them to you quick tonight. Number one, we need Christians who live holy lives. Christians who live holy lives. And uh, and at first, uh, I'm gonna, I'll read the verses. If you're going to turn with me, you can. Uh, I'm not. I won't expect you to. But in First Thessalonians chapter five, it says, "I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren." You notice the word there? These are this first century church that uh, uh, they were referred to as holy brethren. Uh, in, in the book of Ephesians uh, chapter number 1, the book of Ephesians uh, chapter 1 and, and, and verse 4, it says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And in 1 Peter chapter 1 and, and in verse number uh, 15, very familiar verse here at our church, it says, But as he which hath called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation in all manner of conversation because it is written be ye holy for I am holy uh, over in, in the book of Jude in, uh, in verse number 20 it says but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. Can I say tonight, we need Christians that live holy lives. You know, a lot of people want to debate, you know, is this wrong or that wrong or going here wrong or, you know, there's a lot of that stuff and, uh, and, and I get some of that stuff. But you know, when you decide to live a holy life, that will govern a lot about your life. That will, it'll, it'll do two things, okay? It'll, it'll govern where you go and it will govern what you do. Do you know why I don't want to go to the casino? Because I, I just don't think that is a, a holy place for a Christian to be. Okay, show me a verse in the Bible where, where it says, Thou shalt not go to the casino. I can't show you a verse that says that. But I can show you a lot of verses where God tells us to live a, a holy life. And I, I would, I've never been to one, but my suspicion would be there's probably a lot taking place there that ain't holy. Okay? And uh, so not only will it govern where you go, it will govern what you do. There's a, there's a lot of things I don't want to do because it's not holy. God said, be ye holy for I am holy. I do want you to go to this one if you would. Go to Romans chapter 12. Very familiar verse. Uh, the Romans chapter 12. And if you'll just study, get the study or just get familiar with the Old Testament. And uh, somebody was asking me, I think it was last week, about, uh, they, they asked, they said, you know, when you read the book of Judges, it's like the, the, the Christians in the book of Judges, they were on and then they were off. They were on and then they were off. They were, you know, you read the book of Judges, they was on and they're off. And they would do, they would do bad and God would, uh, you know, uh, bring the enemy and they'd go into captivity and then they would cry out to God and, and God delivered them. And then they said to me, they said, uh, it seems like uh, uh, God was pretty, uh, tough on them you know pr pretty tough on them and I said because in the Old Testament they were under the law yeah. uh, when, when you curse your mom and dad in the Old Testament wouldn't take a chance 
It wasn't, I'm sorry. Oh, that slipped. No, you're stoned to death. Yeah. When, you, when you committed adultery in the Old Testament, uh, it wasn't coming down to the altar and said, I'm sorry, I did wrong. And everybody forgive me. No, no, you were stoned to death. Can I get a help there? Okay. And uh, aren't you glad we got some under grace? Now, Paul said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin uh, that grace may abound? God forbid. Okay, I, I understand that. Okay. Okay. But look at Romans chapter 12. But here's my thought. When, when you study the tabernacle and you study the Old Testament, and you see all the things they had to, to, to go through to approach God. Yeah. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4, come boldly to the throne of grace. But don't miscalculate. God is still a holy God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it was 1 Peter, New Testament, where Peter said, hey, be ye holy. You know, so we, in the New Testament, we still, you know, we need to be living holy lives, okay, holy lives. And uh, look at Romans chapter 12 and, and verse number 1. If, if this would just get a hold of you tonight, we need Christians who live holy life. It, it would govern how you dress. It would govern where you go. It would govern where you don't go. It, it would govern the things you participate in, the things you don't participate in, things that you listen to, things that you look at. I mean, this would govern a lot about your life. Sure you can understand that. Look at Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. What is the word? Holy. Holy. Your body, holy, okay? And, and I love about the Old Testament how when they would offer up the sacrifice and, and they would cut them up in pieces. You ever wonder why they did that? I have. I thought, anyway, poor, and I cut his throat, drain his blood, and then they cut them in all of these pieces because they're making sure there's nothing going on on the inside. They don't want to be offering God an offering that you cut it up. And, and there it is. There's cancer. There's this tumor that you couldn't see on the outside. You say, oh, yeah, uh, man looks on the uh, uh, outside. Uh, God looks on the heart. Exactly. God does look on the heart. And then when we get the heart right, it begins to correct the outside. When the heart gets right, it begins to correct what's going on on the outside. When you get corrected what's going on on the inside. But look at Romans uh, uh, chapter number 6. If you just turn over quickly tonight, taking way too much time here. Romans chapter 6. Number 1, we need Christians who live holy lives. I don't want to listen to music that's, uh, you know, every other word is a cuss word. Or one word is a cuss word. And that it, you know, that it, you know, that it mocks God. And it, and it says these ugly words. And I don't even give any uh, kind of, uh, you know, variation to how you say it. Because that'll go in your mind. But you, you hear that stuff. You had a red light and this, this car is shaking and moving. And then they're cussing you. Is that holy? No, yeah. See, we want to debate about every little thing. Just ask the question, is it holy? Come on. Is it holy? In Romans chapter number 6 and verse number 12, let not uh, sin therefore reign in your mortal body. And, and, and something that I, I, I try to do in the morning is, is to present my body. Yeah. To 
present my body and say, God, I want to give you my eyes. You know, I'll sit over the thing before my eyes. And man, there's a lot out there. You got to, you, I mean, to guard your eyes. And, and God, you know, take heed what you hear. And, and uh, man, God, guard my ears. And, and then, uh, Lord, to, to guard my feet. And, uh, Lord, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord in my hands. What serve your hand find to do? Do it with all your, your might. And, and then my, uh, uh, my, my mind, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus and, and my heart. Uh, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And then, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Do you present your body in pieces to God? Do you give him your hands? Do you give him your feet? Give me eyes. Give me ears. Amen. Present your body. Yes. Present your body. Oh, your soul is saved, but he also wants your body. Did you know when Moses died that the, uh, and God buried him, did you know the devil wanted Moses' body? There was, a, there was a fight there. And Michael, the archangel, I say a fight. He said, the Lord rebuked me. And, and uh, I, I don't know why the devil wanted his body. I don't know. I got my ideas. And I've heard people preach it and teach it. And, uh, uh, there's a lot there that I don't understand in the book of Jude. But I do know this. The devil wanted Moses' body, and he wants yours. And God wants your body. He don't just want to save your soul. Okay, that, if you're saved, that is secure, but he wants your body. Amen. A lot of people want to give their soul to God, but they don't want to give their bodies to God. Amen. This is my body. I can do with it whatever I want. Yeah, kind of. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? You are bought with the price. Your body really doesn't belong to you. He bought it. He owns it. I do with my body whatever I want to. Ain't no preacher going to tell me what to do with my body. No, but God ought to tell you what to do with your body. Is that fair enough tonight? Is that, is that as soft as I can get it for you? Number one, we need Christians who live holy lives. Number two, quickly tonight, we need Christians who love one another. Amen. New Testament, first century Christianity, number one, they were living holy lives. Every one of them? No, but man, they, they, you, you, can, you, can, you can tell the difference in the first century uh, Christians uh, from the world. You can tell the first century Christians from, uh, from the Romans. Hey, uh, you ain't no doubt those people over there, man, that, that, those are Christians. Is that what they're saying about us today? Has our churches become, have we as Christians become just like the world? And you can't tell any difference no more. Can't tell any difference no more. Number two, we need Christians who love. We need Christians who love. Boy, the Bible's got so much to, to say about this. Uh, why don't we go to 1 John tonight? 1 John chapter 3. You cannot uh, say I don't preach the Bible, okay? I think I used some Bible, all right? And, uh, but, but in 1 John chapter number 3, 1 John chapter number 3, stay with me tonight. Watch this. Look in 1 John chapter 3. And look with me. Watch this at verse number 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because what? We love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. 
Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive with the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Isn't that convicting? New Testament, first century Christianity. Water lay our lives down for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother hath needed, shut it up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples by your love one to another. I know we have to be cautious and careful today going around saying, I love you, you know, to the opposite sex. I, I get that. But boy, some people are very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Now, I get that part, okay? If a man came up and, you know, told my wife, I love you. <laughs> I would say, hold on, buddy. What's, what do you mean by that, okay? You get what I'm saying. You do get what I'm saying, don't you? <laughs> But we do ought to love each other. I, I get, I've said it before. I get texts from men in this church who say, Preacher, I love you. I, 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 text, I love you too. There's nothing... See, see how perverted the world is? See how perverted our minds have gotten? You can't even use that for an illustration. You love a guy... I'm supposed to love the brother and the sisters in the church. We're to love one another. Okay? Hey, we're to love the brother. Hey, we're to love God. The greatest commandment in the Bible is to love God. Hey, we're to love the sinner. And I always want, no matter where somebody is in their life, I really genuinely want them to feel welcome when they come through the doors. Now, I know people connect the dots. From, you know, they, they, they're kind of looking for a church and they kind of, their background is a different kind of churches they, they're kind of used to. They walk in right off the bat. They see the choir come and they go, oh, that's one of them kind of churches. They see us come out with a tire suit on. Uh, they, they start, they're already connecting all of that, okay? By the way, the tie doesn't make the preacher. You could put a tie on a, a giraffe. Won't make him a preacher. But, you know, I, I was taught this is the house of God. You know? And, uh, but so, but I don't care how they come in. I love how Brother Bob, he said it the best. Brother Bob said, I do not care how people come. I care how they leave. I love that. That is so accurate. That is so spot on. Man, anybody can come anyway uh, to, to Faith Baptist Church. We are glad you're here. Thrilled you're here, okay? We need to love the sinner. Brother Mike Ray said last night in his sermon, to be, a, to be a member of his church, you have to have tattoos all over you. You don't qualify. He was joking, okay? But, I mean, most people in California are first-generation Christians. In the South, you have a lot of second- and third-generation Christians. A lot of people out there, he said a lot of people come to his church have never had a Bible. They've never been to any kind of church. No, no kind. But, boy, he's reached a lot of them with the gospel. We need to love sinners. Hey, we need to love our church. Yeah. We're to love our church. Hey, the, the, uh, the, the first century Christians, what were some characteristics about them? Number one, they was living holy lives quickly. Number two, uh, they were loving one another. Number three, quickly, 
We need Christians who were willing to suffer. Amen. Christians who were willing to suffer. In the book of Acts, chapter number 12, we think we're suffering because somebody got our seat tonight. We do. We think we're suffering because somebody got our parking spot that was the closest to the building. Somebody, I don't know who did it. I, I don't know how to do it all, but somebody was showing a picture one time to me. Somebody took a picture of my parking spot. It says, Pastor Parking. They put it out, I guess, across the world or the nation. And, uh, and they, they put a, a thing underneath. I wonder where the pregnant women park. Attacking me. Slamming me like, you know, I got this big parking place because I'm the big preacher here. You with me? Yes. Yeah. For over nearly 25 years, I parked the fathers from the church. Yeah. One Sunday morning, Brother Eddie Holt came to me. He said, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, sir. He said, did you park in that mud hole? I said, yes, sir. He said, why are you there? Because I didn't want somebody else parking it. It wasn't after, it went long after that I got my parking spot. <laughs> It was given to me for 25 years of service. Amen. I didn't ask for that. The church gave me that. Amen. I heard a preacher get up and say, if you think you're going to have revival, you got to get rid of the preacher's parking. That's pride. Yep. You know, we can be silly sometimes. I didn't put it there. The church gave me that. Y'all want it back? <laughs> Move it by the dumpster? Let my wife stay there if you don't mind. She won't be a good Christian, okay? I'm, I'm working on this, but she's got a little way to go. Is she here tonight? Oh, good night. But we think we're suffering because I parked in a mud hole. Are you kidding me? That makes a good Christian. Look what they did, Acts 12. Now about that time, Herod's, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Did you just, we, we read that, we go right on. James was just killed, folks. Peter, James, and John? Fishermen, follow me, I'll make you fishers of man. He was just killed. Now they got Peter in jail and they're planning on killing him. Yeah. Lots of us may be suffering because of our sins, okay. Yeah. But how many are willing to suffer persecution for Christ? I've got a magazine. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it was martyrs of the 21st century. We have martyrs today. We do have Christians in places that are around the world who have genuinely suffered persecution. For the Lockhart, I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but I want to think maybe a year or two ago, three years ago, five years ago, that maybe it was in the Beams uh, thing y'all put out once a month that there was an article in there about a guy that had got a Bible and this was in India and they were going to kill him and they was burying him alive. Burying him alive because he had a Bible. 
How about the how about the young girl I read about in the magazine that that went to church, you know, secretly, didn't let her mama know where she was going. Went to church, got saved with a friend, came home, and it got out, and her mother poisoned her. Yep. Come on, teenagers, y'all talk to me now. Hard, right at your house. Didn't get cereal this morning. Ran out of milk. Didn't have your pop toast. Come on. How many would want to be getting saved and standing for God, knowing your mother poisoned you? Book of Acts, first century Christianity. When they when they got beat, they rejoiced. That they was kind of worthy to suffer for Him. And boy, we 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 arrived. We got a spirit that we have arrived, and we are there. We're a long way from first century Christianity. We're a long ways from first Christian Christianity. May I quickly say, number four, we need Christians who are willing to sacrifice. Amen. Yeah. Mrs. Hardman, did any of y'all get the book from Ms. Hardman just wrote, got done? Anybody get it? I need, I need to write her. We need to, Brother Mon, is he in here? He, he's probably taking a nap myself. And uh, don't go wake him up, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's doing something, I promise you. He's working, okay? Uh, she just did a little book, and, and it is neat. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's on missionaries. John Gray is in there, missionary support. But she takes, you know, David Livingston and uh, uh, John Payton, am I saying it right? Uh, Hudson Taylor. And it's an easy read. I like the little short stories. You know, then it goes on another one. I, can, I love that, okay? And, uh, but it's a lot of good stuff. Did you know when John Patton, John G. Patton, I think you teenagers have done a thing on him at Smite, I, I think you have. Okay. But when he, when he went to uh, there in uh, the Pacific Islands, uh, they were cannibals. You come in, they kill you, eat you. His wife died there in those islands, and he had to sleep by her grave because he was afraid they would dig her up and eat her. The stories you will read of David Livingston walking the continent across Africa and the lion and all of these stories that Hudson Taylor saw, it is unbelievable of the sacrifice that these men would make for the cause of Christ. When you read the book of Acts, it's unbelievable the sacrifice they was willing to make. And we can't give time. Come on, Are you with me tonight? Sacrifice. And then lastly, what did these first century Christians look like? Number one, they lived holy lives. Number two, they, they loved one another. Number three, they were willing to suffer. Number four, they were willing to sacrifice. Likely, lastly, they were faithful. Amen. One of the hardest things to find today as a pastor, difficult things, is to find people that would just be faithful. I don't mean just faithful to church, faithful to pray, faithful to read your Bible. Uh, desire to live a faithful life to God. Not a hit and miss. We get, you got so many today. They, you know, they're kind of on and they're off and, and they come for six months and they miss for two months and, you know, they just, you know, they read the Bible and they don't read the Bible. You know, just to be faithful. The Bible says a faithful man who can find. I don't know all of how the judgment seat of Christ will work, but I do know this. One of the elements of the judgment seat of Christ will be rewarded according to our faithfulness. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. 
It is what disqualifies so many people from getting involved, becoming a Sunday school teacher. Uh, taking a bus route, even trying to get in the choir. Uh, one of the things that disqualifies so many people, so many people come and, and they say, Preacher, I want to get involved. I say, Great. Now, no matter how you hit and miss or where you are, I will always try to find you something to do if you want to do something. But one thing that makes it real easy for me, if you're faithful. Think about it. Uh, if you are an employer and you have employees and you got a good employee, I mean, he's a great guy, but he hits and misses. You can't depend on him. He shows up, he does great, but you never know when he's going to show up. Those guys normally get fired. Now, sometimes you know, bosses are in a bind and they'll put up with stuff that they have to, but, but if they can get it, get it together enough, they'll let that guy go. Listen to what the Bible says. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. A lot of people get disqualified because they're unfaithful. They're unfaithful. I believe there's some, I do. I believe that. I believe there's some men and people in this church could do great teaching. They could be great. Some ladies would be great. I really genuinely believe that, but the, the kicker is they're not faithful. They're not faithful. What does it look like? What does these New Testament Christians look like? They were faithful. You with me tonight? So what I want in the 21st century is we need first century Christians. Can you imagine that? Taking those first century Christians and putting them into the 21st century. I bet you they might stick out like a sore thumb. What do you think? And I don't just mean by their garments either. I mean by their actions. How they live their life. That's the challenge tonight. They were first called what? Christians. Question tonight, I'm, I'm going to ask the question in a minute, are you saved? But the question tonight is, what kind of Christian are you? Let me ask it a better way. What kind of Christian do you want to be? I think that's the better question. What kind of Christian do you, you say, oh, okay, I'm good with it, right where I'm at. Is that it? You're done? Or is it, I'd like to be a better Christian? I would hope tonight you would be here on a Wednesday night that your desire would be, I'm saved, I got all that, but man, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a first century Christian. Would that be a good thing? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Thank you for listening to tonight's service. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.